Uweek with me is introducing a new series within the podcast called The Voice, featuring Lynn Brewer. Lynn is a business architect and a political tigress who understands the need for our voices to be heard. Our real power is in we the people with our voices, sharing thoughts and ideas, especially if we don't agree. Join the fun with your opinions. Thank you, Cindy, for the introduction and the opportunity to share the world's voice on this platform. There are so many people out there who are hurting or who have strong beliefs that run into conflict in their life, and this is their platform to let their voices be heard. So we're going to start today um, talking with the inspiration behind You Equals Me, Cindy Jarvis. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you. I love this idea. Well, I am so grateful that you um, have inspired You Equals Me. And so I want to start by talking about that because the voice is part of You Equals Me. So tell us about what, how long have you been thinking about You Equals Me? And tell us about what got you started in this journey. You bet. Well, we started You Equals Me in uh, 2014. And um, we started it because, well, it first came about in the mail. <laughs> it really did. It came in the mail. Uh, I got a wedding invitation for uh, a gay couple. And it was a hand-drawn heart with you equals me in the middle of it. And it just struck me like lightning because it was everything that I had been studying. I I have been a student in the Course of Miracles for, I don't know, maybe 20 years now or or 15, a long time. I've, I've reworked it, restudied it because I never understood it. I'm not quite sure I completely understand it now. But when that came in the mail and I saw you equals me, it just uh, stood out to me because in 2014, uh, when we started it, we knew America was silently racist or politely racist. And it wasn't until recently it has been blown up in front of our faces, this white supremacy, uh, bigotry, xenophobia. Uh, I mean, it's racism and uh, these judgments against humanity is a perceived concept of inequality. And it's not true. It could never be true. We are all equal as individuals in humanity. So that's where it started. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about racism. Um, because you and I have had some conversations and of course, every once in a while I'll get on Twitter with my Miss Mean Tweets. and Mean Tweets. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just express my opinion. And I had an experience where um, when this pandemic came and you had guest um, people on TV speaking from their own, their own homes, um, of course, everyone has different technology that they use. And um, there was a particular two women in general, one happened to be white, and one happened to be African American, um, or black. And it just occurred to me that 
I couldn't tell whether it was the technology or whether it was the um, their voice, the way their voice projects. And so I put something out on Twitter about both of them and said, look, I can't, I can't absorb what it is you're saying because I can't, because of the projection of your voice and got so many really interesting responses, many of which were claiming that I was somehow racist. And I said, no, I actually said it about this woman who was white as well. And then I got these comments that I was um, trying to sort of tell them how their tone should be. And I thought it interesting that people were lecturing me on tone um, when, when I, you know, it was sort of like, well, why are you lecturing me about tone when I have, <laughs> you're criticizing me in that same voice about the tone. Right, right. But That's what was interesting. interesting to me, and um, I studied this long time ago about picking juries and the bias that we have that we don't even know that we have. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it seems to me that the first order of business, so to speak, in our lives is to appreciate um, appreciate what our own bias is, because you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. Right, right. No, I, I think that's a very good point. And I think you're spot on because it's time for us to put down our sword and shield. And that's immediately with what went up and what goes up when we don't understand each other. We're ready to fight about it. And that's what I love about the voice is because we don't have to um, necessarily agree, but we do need to be open enough to understand, um, you know, maybe there's a misperception, you know, maybe there's a, maybe a misunderstanding. Well, it's interesting because last night on our local news, um, on the NBC affiliate, they were doing, they're doing a whole series on race and these, um, two white people, um, husband and wife had adopted a, uh, black, young black woman. And at some point her dad asked her, what is it like to be black? And she mm-hmm. was, she was very offended by that. And so that started a conversation on this television ser- or episode on race. And he said, you know, I didn't even realize that by asking that, I was judging color and I was seeing her as different than I am. Yes, that is interesting. Um, and I have done that before. I have, I have made that same mistake, but it was, again, probably like the father, I really wanted to understand. And I, and so I have asked, a few of my gay friends, what is it like to be gay? And thankfully, they didn't take offense to it. Um, and that's really how I learned about the pain and suffering that people go through when they're considered to be out in the margins or they're considered to be different. And there's, um, you know, bullying. Uh, there's a lot of bullying that goes on on with being different. And so that, that's a misunderstanding that, you know, like your, like your Twitter, that people, you know, the father didn't mean to insult or offend his daughter, but, you know, as a way of trying to get inside 
of the understanding. But yeah, there's biases. But if somebody came up to me and said, what's it like to be white? The first word that would come to my mind is privilege. Uh, Very interesting. And I think growing up in America and being white uh, just comes with it privilege. And and I know that people face adversity, um, but we live in an amazing country. You know, um, in the diversity field um, in corporate America, which I come from, there was this back when I was with Johnson and Johnson years ago, we actually had to have diversity training. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see that that movement is now called diversity and inclusion. And that's really what U equals me is about mm-hmm. is including people within our framework of understanding our differences of opinion, but in at the core, we are made of the same fiber and fabric. It's just that we've learned certain things or adopted certain attitudes. And having been raised in the 60s, you know, I remember this story um, today. It's just unbelievable to me. Um, but I was growing up um, and my best friend across the street was a little black girl. I was little as well. And and we did everything together. We walked to school together. We walked home from school when I wasn't skating. And um, everything we did, we played games together every single night. And when I got to high school, which would have been in the mid-70s, my parents came to me and said, you know, we feel like um, it would be better that you go to this other high school which was clearly white privilege. Mm -hmm. I mean, the school was filled with a lot of white people that were driving Mercedes and all of that kind of thing. But that decision was made. um, My parents made the decision. They did ask me about it. We discussed it. But I didn't really see color. I, I, I mean, I was naive to the fact that that there was any difference between her or myself until my parents raised it and raised the issue with me. And suddenly I went, Ooh, this is like, suddenly it altered, you know, how I saw the world. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I like to say, I don't see color, but invariably I'll say, well, it, you know, he's the black man sitting over there. Well, you know, why not just say he's a man and what's he's dressed in if I'm trying to identify somebody in the crowd? Right. But as far as your parents go, I think you're absolutely right. It's a learned behavior, racism, any kind of um, fear of another human being, being is a learned behavior. You know, it's ignorance and we and this ignorance is, you know, um, costing us dearly with our yeah. health. Well, it is costing us those attitudes and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, that's really what the voice is about is, is I came to realize, um, that our, the voice is needing to be heard. And I think unless you hear what people are feeling and what they believe, you cannot come to, place of inclusion because you'll you'll so you'll be along this road of just developing your thoughts and your opinions and your ideas and you right. just express them. Yeah, that, that's that's so true. I I think that's so true because um I think there's been a long-term crisis in our way of life and not just because of COVID, 
but in the lack of fulfillment that many people feel, in the tensions, the stresses, the anxieties that we face. And I think that that working through the voice to support people's um, uh, opinions can bring compassionate collaboration, you know, uh, and and feelings of satisfaction that I that you've been heard. I've been heard. Right. That's so important. Well, and you know, they said that even this riot on the Capitol, that a large portion of the people that were there didn't even vote for Donald Trump. Uh-huh. And and so for me, I say, whoa, that's that's way beyond it isn't about one person. It's about an ideology that they are trying to express. And now the first thing you want to say is, well, they must have learned that from their parents. They must have learned it from here or the or whatever. And and you realize I don't really know where they learned it. And that's what The Voice is about. This podcast yeah. series is really to learn what is that voice out there. Um, right. You know, so. I love it. You know, uh, a belief or, um, yeah, uh, well, we'll say a belief is only a thought that you keep thinking. And it's interesting to me because the N- Newtonian belief that we're separate was a huge error. And we're still living by it. We're still living by an eye for an eye, survival of the fittest. And we learned it wrong. That's not correct. You know, the earth is not flat. Right, right. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Yeah. And it's an ignorance that that if we can shed the burden of judgment and racism um, in the understanding that all men and women are equal, it, it creates a more fulfilling uh, life that's lived out of love and not lack and fear of fear of all, all racism is is fear you know well, it's it fear. it really is and i as you know from a course in miracles there are really only sort of two driving um positions one is driven by fear and the other one is love and mm-hmm. i'm not talking romantic love i'm right. talking about a, just a simple eye to eye compassion for another human being mm-hmm. and when you're fearful um you know it's that fight or flight type of thing that you have to put your shield up as you said to protect your fear because if you let that fear go um you your fear that follows is, well, what's on the other side, right? I know what this brings me, but what's on the other side of that fear? That is so true. Yeah. Yeah, So one thing I love then is that for people that, that are not part of A Course in Miracles or perhaps don't have a spiritual life, there is science that's now backing up, um, humanity's unity and oneness. And and here's a little bit of science that um, I thought was interesting. Uh, we were watching Channel 9 the other day, and um, in every single human being, no matter what race, what culture, what religion, what color, every human being has um, has these six elements, and it stands for schnapps, C-H-N-O-P-S. Carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, and sulfur. Every single human being. So we are no different scientifically. Right. I love and, you that. You know, one of the things that happens in our lives, too, that 
um, people don't think about. And certainly when I'm mean tweeting, I don't think about it. And that is that um, really we are vibrational frequency. And when we think something, whether we say it or not, we send out a vibrational frequency into the universe that then is like a boomerang. It comes yeah. back to us. And some yeah. of us call that karma, right? Um, yes. But it is that check and balance to say, ooh, is this the best thing for me? And is this the best thing for the world? Right. I love it. And, you know, Lynn, the voice is big and our playing small does not serve the world. It does that not. That is correct. That yeah. is correct. And and it's very interesting to me. I, I, the cor- a Course in Miracles is, you know, when you look at it, it's, it's rather, uh, you know, sort of almost obscure because it's this blue book with gold writing that is, you know, not fancy necessarily on its front and it's on, on its face. And, and you and I have been friends, but not, I mean, we both separately studied A Course in Miracles and came to realize the truth that resonates within the words on the page. And Mm -hmm. yet, we then come together at a time where the world needs um, this to expand. And what's interesting about the story of A Course in Miracles, it it was really two very different people who were having conflict within a hospital setting and two academics, two academics. Yeah, Uh exactly. And one of them said, um, there must be a better way. There must be a better way. And, and the other one says, I'll help you find it. And so, you know, one acted as the scribe and one acted as the transcriber. And here you have this book that has gone all over the world. And, um, you know, we're, what a blessing to have that. But there's much science in that book as well. Yeah, it's true. And for those who aren't familiar with The Course in Miracles, if I could sum it up with a quote by Edmund Hillary, it's not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. That's right. I love that. Yes. And that voice is the propulsion that takes us on that journey. And um, what I want to do is make sure that everyone's voice is heard. So, you know, I we've been at this for about 20 minutes now, and I, um, I just want to make sure that we invite everyone to participate in this opportunity to have their voice heard. And again, I want to thank Cindy um, for allowing You Equals Me to give voice to the, to the world's voice. And so, thank you. Thank you. I can't wait. Yes. It's going to be exciting. It's a journey. Awesome. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Cindy. So for those of you that are interested, we want to hear your voice. And so we would ask you to go to youequalsme.org and there will be an opportunity to be heard. And we want to interview all of you. Um, I have a number of people in my network that I can't wait to interview. Um, many of whom have interviewed me over the, the years, and now's my opportunity to turn the tables on them. But there are also people that really have very amazing voices, some of which, like Amanda Gorman, who did the inaugural um, poem. I mean, at 21 years old, to be that enlightened is just amazing. So I think our youth is 
is going to provide us with lots of opportunity to hear what the future holds for us. And our place in the world is to make sure that we recognize that their voice is as important as ours. So have a nice day. 